The Feast of Corpus Christi is a time for us to celebrate Jesus' presence in the Eucharist, the fullness of his life broken and shared with us. We recognize the roots of the breaking of the bread, but also know that Jesus brought greater meaning to this ancient ritual. Bread is the most common food, so there is no easier way to remember the sacrifice of Jesus than to bless, break, and share bread. But when done at the Eucharistic table, this bread of life satisfies our spiritual hunger. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, Cycle C of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, Cycle C. Our first reading is from Genesis, it's chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. Our second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, it's chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. And our gospel reading is from Luke, it's chapter 9, verses 11b through 17. Just a couple things to note. First, we do have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Genesis is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture while St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians is from the New Testament, or the Christian scripture, as is our gospel reading. So tonight we'll see that Melchizedek says, nice win. Paul says, don't forget. And Jesus says, "Eh, feed him yourselves. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from the book of Genesis. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Our second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And our gospel reading is from Luke. Jesus welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, 
send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About five thousand men were there. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of Genesis. And in this reading, we see Melchizedek, the king of Salem, bringing out bread and wine so they can celebrate Abram's victory over his enemies. So this is this is one of two places in the Old Testament that mention Melchizedek. The other is in Psalm 110. And his name in Hebrew means king of righteousness. Uh, there was a text, I think, among the Dead Sea Scrolls that apparently mentioned an angelic being called Melchizedek. So there's been plenty of speculation around him, but we don't really know that much. What we do know is that Melchizedek offered up prayers of praise to God. Yes, it, it was because God had delivered Abram's enemies into his hands. But Melchizedek was also a priest of God Most High. So it's fairly easy to attach some Eucharistic meaning to this passage because he brought out bread and wine. Now, it does seem appropriate, I guess, that the roots of the Eucharist would go all the way back to the first book of the Bible, though, doesn't it? Another thing we consider is that in the New Testament, the Christian scripture, Jesus is referred to as the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So the links are actually pretty solid. One, one other thing I'll, I'll mention is the very last line, which said, then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So I, I guess the idea of tithing also has its roots in the very first book of the Bible. Anyway, the main message I got from our first reading is that the Eucharist has its roots in the Old Testament. The Catechism says, The Church sees in the gesture of the king-priest Melchizedek, who brought bread and wine, a prefiguring of her own offering. In other words, we didn't just make this stuff up. Offering bread and wine as a blessing goes back to the beginning, and those seeds came to fruition in the blessing Jesus gave at the Last Supper. The sacrament isn't something new. It's, it's the culmination of something old, because the Eucharist has its roots in the Old Testament. Our second reading was from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And in this reading... Uh, we should remember that Jesus only had a few disciples with him at the table during the Last Supper, and Paul wasn't one of them. 
So why does Paul claim, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you? Well, biblical scholars believe Paul was passing on the exact teaching that Jesus had passed to those original disciples. In the passing of it, unchanged from what Jesus had first shared, the tradition can be viewed as being received from the Lord. Like I said, when, when Jesus established this sacrament by giving them his body and blood, this first celebration of the Eucharist, only a select few were there to witness it. But as St. Paul explains, after Jesus shared his body in the form of bread and his blood in the form of wine, he clearly told his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. He, he intended it to be passed on exactly as he had established it. So we receive the sacrament of the Eucharist once a week, more if we attend daily Mass. For Catholics today, it's a central part of our faith. It's, it's sort of what we do. The Catechism even calls the Eucharist the source and summit of the Christian life. So it's, it's strange to think about the fact that it could have remained a, a closely held secret. It could have been something reserved for the priestly class. But those who were present at the Last Supper with Jesus understood that the Eucharist was something to be shared with all believers. It was a tradition that Jesus intended to be handed on. It's, it's something to be received and then shared with others. When we celebrate the Eucharist, it's a sacrament, a, a means for us to receive God's grace, but it's also a living remembrance of Jesus's sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice of love. So the main message I got from our second reading is that Jesus commanded us to eat and remember. It's not okay to shuffle up to the Eucharistic minister thinking about <clears throat> what you have to do later in the day or, or, or wondering if people notice your, your pants are a little too tight because uh, you haven't lost the, the COVID-19 that you gained during the pandemic. Yeah. And it's not okay to, uh, to focus on the, uh, the wafer sticking to your molars and trying to figure out a way to pick it out of your teeth without anyone realizing that you're picking the body of Christ out of your teeth. We all do it from time to time or, or something similar, but we need to try to stay focused. We're not there to just go through the motions. We're not there to just get our Jesus cookie and scoot out the back so we can beat the traffic in the parking lot. We're there to receive God's grace through the sacrament of the Eucharist. And we're there because Jesus commanded us to eat and remember. And finally, our gospel reading was from Luke. And in this reading, we hear a version of the only miracle that appears in all four gospels, the feeding of the 5,000, the, the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. In Luke's telling, it takes place outside of Bethsaida, a small fishing village that was the hometown of three of the apostles, Philip, Andrew, and Peter. The location is, is basically the, the center of Jesus's ministry, at least in that part of the country. And it's a part of the country they knew really well. And Jesus had just spent the day healing the sick and preaching to this pretty large group of followers. 
It was starting to get late. People were getting hungry. So the disciples wanted to send everyone on their way. They, they wanted to let them go find their own dinner. But as we know, Jesus had other ideas. So when they gather all the food they can find, five loaves of bread and two fish, Jesus breaks the bread and says a blessing. He says it in virtually the same way that he does in Luke's story of the Last Supper. Uh, <clears throat> apparently, the, the similarity is, I guess it's crystal clear in the original Greek, where Luke uses the exact same verbs <clears throat> to describe it. And, and the only difference is that in this story, Jesus looks up to heaven as he says the blessings. I, I can't tell you for sure, though, because it's all Greek to me. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you all knew the story before I read it, how they start handing out the food and there's more than enough for all of the people and, and they fill 12 baskets with leftover bread afterwards. It's a great story. And like I said, one we all know really well. But you might be wondering why it was selected as the gospel reading on the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ. Why are we reading about the miracle of the loaves and fish on Corpus Christi instead of the Last Supper? Well, we do it because this story illustrates part of Eucharistic theology that people often overlook. In this story, Jesus doesn't just feed a bunch of people. He also teaches the disciples how to minister to others. Yes, the blessing of the bread matches the establishment of the Eucharist celebration at the Last Supper, but it also demonstrates that the sacrament of the Eucharist is Jesus's mercy shown to all of those who are hungry for God. So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that the Eucharist feeds our spiritual hunger. I know, I know, it's, it's a very churchy thing to say, and it can be hard to explain in concrete terms, but it's something that I think most of us can understand when we think about it. We're longing for something to fulfill us, and we believe that that something is God. I've heard it said that we all have a, a God-sized hole in our hearts, meaning we have a space there that can only be filled by Jesus Christ. As Catholics, we are a sacramental people. We understand that we can begin to fill that hole in our hearts by receiving God's grace through the sacraments. But more specifically, we're a Eucharistic community that, that understands the importance of sharing the body of Christ in the Eucharist because the Eucharist feeds our spiritual hunger. All right, so let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Genesis, the main message I came away with was the Eucharist has its roots in the Old Testament. In our second reading from 1 Corinthians, the main message I got was Jesus commanded us to eat and remember. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was the Eucharist feeds our spiritual hunger. The solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ, more commonly known as the Feast of Corpus Christi, is a time for us to really remember and celebrate Jesus's presence in the Eucharist. The Catholic Church teaches us that the sacrament of the Eucharist is the fullness of Jesus's life 
broken and shared with each one of us. We also recognize that the blessing, breaking, and sharing of bread has its roots in the Old Testament, going back to the celebration of the high priest Melchizedek, though we also know that Jesus brought new and greater meaning to this ancient ritual. Bread has been the most common food throughout history, so what better way for God to demonstrate that he is with us? There's no easier way for us to remember the ultimate sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ than to bless, break, and share the bread. And the bread we share at the Eucharistic table is the bread of life that fills that God-sized hole in our hearts by feeding and satisfying our spiritual hunger. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I like to answer two questions. So what? And now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because there is far too much violence, anger, and hatred in the world. God did not create us for this, and Jesus did not die for our right to continue treating each other so poorly. When we look at the context of this gospel reading, we can see similarities with our world today. There was a large crowd of people seeking help and guidance. They were longing for something that was missing in their lives. They lived in a time of violence within an empire that perpetuated a class-based system that benefited the wealthy, kept the poor in their place, and enslaved people who were deemed to be lesser than the citizenry. Huh, does that sound vaguely familiar? In many ways, we are part of the crowd following Jesus, longing for what he offers and needing to be fed. It's important to understand that. We are part of the crowd. We aren't better than the crowd. We're not better than others. We're one of them. And we need to remember that it's a big crowd. We aren't alone and we aren't separate. We may be hurting. We may be longing for something more. We may be in dire need of spiritual food, the spiritual food that Jesus offers. But none of those things are bad or unusual. So we don't need to hide or pretend. We just need to show up and join the community in receiving the bread of life. The last question I try to answer is now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, in the spirit of the Feast of Corpus Christi, let's spend some time thinking about the importance of the Eucharist. Are you just going through the motions? Or do you have a true appreciation and reverence for the sacrament? With that in mind, here's your real question for the week. Why is receiving the Eucharist important to you? It's not enough for it to simply be something you do every week. That's called a habit, and we have plenty of those. So really think about what the Eucharist means to you. And be honest with yourself. If receiving the Eucharist isn't all that important to you, spend some time thinking about why that is. And don't worry about all the guilt trips and horrified looks you'd get from all the holier-than-thou Catholics out there. 
use this as an opportunity to explore what you believe, but also how you feel about our Lord and about the sacrament that allows us to share in his body and blood. Ask yourself why receiving the Eucharist is important to you. Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're thinking about why the Eucharist is important to you, remember what we read later in Luke, chapter 24, verses 30 through 31a. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Maybe one of the most important things about receiving the Eucharist is that it can help us to see with our eyes of faith and truly recognize the face of our Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I really do encourage you to just use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, and 2011, by Biblica Inc., used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.